Hello and welcome to Afternoonified. The podcast where man, ma, man, ma, the podcast man, where I never should have allowed ma, this. Man, ma, man, ma, I'm Emily. Mothman, ma, that's man. Sarah. Mothman, ma, I quit. to be really like quick cut because i definitely did not keep a straight face i can mute you (laughs) two separate tracks (laughs) two separate tracks i'm really hoping that edible kicks in soon even though it mm. i have had a mug full of wine and uh here's mothman mug uh out of my mothman mug uh here's the trick about drinking wine out of mugs you drink it a lot faster than you do if it's coming out of a wine glass. Uh, that's why a little pro tip for you, um, listeners. Also, mugs have a higher volume, especially that Mothman mug you have. Yeah, but I only had like it was. Um, I had wine day yesterday for ah, Labor Day. Okay. Uh, so it was just whatever was left in the bottle. Otherwise, I would be pouring myself a second mug. I have to say, things taste better out of mugs. Like I eat cereal out of this butter beer mug that I got in Universal Studios, and it is better. That sounds darling. It is. It's. More volume than you expect, so yeah. more cereal. All right, we're I, we're doing this. I we're doing Mothman, you guys. I'm so excited. There is literally nothing I could do <laughs> that would be on the same level as what I am allowing right now. You'll enjoy. It. You love the Mothman. <sighs> I'm hoping you can convince me. <laughs> <laughs> I will convince you. Uh, I, I'll just convince you. Okay. <laughs> Well, that ruined the surprise, but I'm going to do my intro anyway, because I wrote it. Um, It wasn't a surprise because the name of the episode is what these people clicked on. Well, that's assuming they can read. That might be why they listen to podcasts. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Anyway, uh, so for just over a year between November 1966 and December 1967, a mysterious winged creature terrorized the small town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I think was you it mean a, mutant? a really big bird. Sorry. Keep going. You're going to have to edit that out. Was it a mutant? An <laughs> alien? Mass hysteria? A grim harbinger of doom? Was it just like a really big bird? <laughs> it was probably like an owl or something, but let's get into it. We're talking Mothman. <laughs> so, yes, it was a really big bird. <laughs> it was a big fucking bird. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, Full disclosure, Mothman is my favorite cryptid, and it is the only cryptid I have any strong feelings about, and those strong feelings are, the Mothman is great. I'm telling Bigfoot. (laughs) I mean, we have strong feelings about what Bigfoot does not do. Bigfoot does not kidnap people, but anyway. um, I also don't think the Mothman is real, so we're going to get that out of the way right away. I mean, Um, it could be a really big bird, but he'd still be the Mothman because people said he was the Mothman. I mean... Semantically, sure. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, I do very much enjoy the idea of Mothman. What is not to love about a big hairy moth creature that has red eyes and chases cars? What's not to love, Emily? A lot. A lot is not to love about that. There is nothing not to love, right? Have I told you about the time I set a moth on fire accidentally? Why? Oh my god. Okay, so at my old apartment... um. There were no screens in the windows, and I used to keep the bathroom window open, so I'd get a lot of, like, big fucking moths. Like, three inch across without the wings out moths. I love moths. That sounds great. 
Um, so there was one of these motherfuckers in my bathroom and I had lit some candles because it was bath time and, you know, it was going to be nice. And this moth like comes out of fucking nowhere and starts dive bombing me. <laughs> so I run out into my main apartment and grab the closest thing I could find, which was ironically a copy of Ace Ventura Pet Detective on VHS. So I go back into the bathroom. Just things you have lying around your apartment. Continue. Uh, so I go back. I think it might have been When Nature Calls. Not not the point. Uh, so I go back into the bathroom to deal with this thing. And it flies at me again. And I hit it. And I smack it directly into the candle. <laughs> so he goes up in flames. I had to get rid of the candle. I don't know why this is so dry. <laughs> oh, poor thing. <laughs> Well, that was a story. Yeah. Um, so that's how I feel about moths. Well, I get it. <laughs> All right. So now we start at the section of my notes entitled Mothman colon Origins. Yeah, that was my least favorite X-Men movie. <laughs> Taylor Kitsch was really good in it, but the rest of it was kind of lackluster. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> Origin stories. They're so overdone these days. I know. <laughs> Uh, The first alleged sighting of the Mothman occurred on November 12th, 1966, as five men were preparing a grave for burial in Clendenin, sure, West Virginia, uh, which is actually nowhere near Point Pleasant. It's about an hour and a half away. Is this like the whole Roswell thing where Roswell didn't happen in Roswell? It was just Roswell had the only like newspaper that could report on it? Well, the, the like main stuff will happen in Point Pleasant. But then there's like some other sightings around West Virginia that I didn't get. Also, the only source I found for this was like Wikipedia linked to like a West Virginia tourism site. It was like, oh, this day in history, the first sighting of Mothman. And that was it. Okay. So no idea where this story ever came from, but it's everyone. It's what everybody says is the first sighting of Mothman. I mean, that's all the Mothman lore is what everybody says. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. (laughs) I'm glad. <laughs> so uh, the men cited something they said looked like a creature at the edge of said said. Oh my god! So excited. Emily, why did I drink wine before recording? <laughs> I can't do I one glass of wine. Okay. The men cited something they said looked like a creature at the edge of some nearby trees. Specifically, not a bird, but more like a man with wings. Uh, Whatever the creature was, it lifted into the air and flew over their heads, which I'm sure was totally chill. Oh, very chill. Totally chill. Uh, Three days later, around midnight on November 15th, a pair of young married couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry, and Steve and Mary Millette, went driving outside of town near what was locally known as the TNT area. Uh, So the TNT area was originally a section of the McClintic Wildlife Preserve um, and also the site of a former World War II munitions plant. And the whole area has like these concrete igloos that are essentially like they're built into the ground. So they're hidden from the air. So they kind of just look like hills. Rocks. Okay. Um, And they stored wartime explosives there. Hmm. by 1966, this area was largely abandoned and a popular spot for the local youths to cruise or park or do local youth stuff. <laughs> it seems like they could have mon- monetized it and turned it into, like, a campground. You'd think so. But, I mean, it was still, I think, it was a wildlife preserve before this, and then they used it for war stuff. And then I think it reverted back to wildlife preserve. Okay. Well, that's better. But, 
Anyway, uh, fun wild, fun sidebar while we're on the subject. Mm. Uh, in 1979, fishermen in the area reported that chemicals had been left to seep into ponds. And in 1983, it was designated as a super fun, ni- super fun site among the country's most polluted. Very cool. Mutant frogs. Mutant frogs. Is that your Mothman? No. Are you going to do a whole... No. I, I mean, I do have sewer pets on the table for one of my minis, but... <laughs> It's just See, that's gonna... also not the equivalent of Mothman, because I think Sewer Pets sounds like a great uh, episode no, idea. No, it's actually just going to be 15 minutes of me reading the synopsis of all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. I'm, I'll take it. All right. <laughs> so the Scarberries and the Mlats were driving down the, are driving through the Teen T area and Roger's 57 Chevy Bel Air, which is that's a, a detail car. that means nothing to me. It um, means a lot to the, all of the dudes that wrote the story. Yeah, I guess. Um Linda noticed two large growing red, glowing red eyes in the darkness beneath the old power plant and screamed, as you do. As you do. And as the men do, uh, Roger slowed down to get a better look. Yeah. Uh, and as he did, the creature itself began to take shape. They would later describe it as human-like, about seven feet tall, with its wings folded behind its back. This is a story that could only happen in that time period in that part of the country. Absolutely. It's, Yeah. It's just the 60s, everyone was out of their goddamn minds. Uh, so just as it began to dawn on them that this maybe wasn't an ordinary bird, the creature spread its wings and took flight, chasing them down Highway 62 towards Point Pleasant at speeds of 100 miles per hour. For the afternoon Asterisk, walking tour. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. 100 miles an hour. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's uh, uh, see if they're getting that fucking boat up to 100. <laughs> By the time they reached the city limits, the creature had disappeared and Roger parked the car. Uh, the four discussed their encounter, eventually deciding what they had seen was probably just a really weird bird. Mm-hmm. And because they are all the dumbest person in any horror movie, decided to drive back towards the plant to check it out again. Have you seen the Mothman prophecies? I have. I was just talking about this with Sadie, like, last night. Because she was considering watching it, and I was like, I, I don't remember a single scene in, from this movie. I know Roger Gere is in it. Richard Gere. Roger Gere, his <laughs> lesser-known brother. There's a Roger in my notes. Um, I haven't seen it, clearly. It might be worth our time to do a commentary on it. I, I don't know if I'm up for watching it again. <laughs> I remember it being mostly boring. Well. But... <laughs> Your mileage may vary, I guess. If you think a movie about Mothman is boring, I don't know if I can handle it. See, it's not really about the Mothman, though. Like, not in the sense that I enjoy the Mothman as, like, the big hairy moth creature that chases cars. Um, It's about all, like, the weird alien weirdness. Oh, shit. No, I actually really like that. Okay. (laughs) Wait, wait, that's your favorite part of the Mothman stuff? The alien, like, high strangeness? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I don't give a shit about any of that. The men in black and the we'll we'll talk about it. It's later. Well, I hope we talk about it. Now I'm interested. <laughs> I mean I was interested before. I Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. I see how it is. I see how it is. Uh whatever they had seen was still waiting for them just off of Highway 62, and as the cars cars headlights illuminated the creature again, it lifted vertically into the air and disappeared above the tree line. <laughs> so he was like, No, don't <laughs> Don't go. I practice it all week. And then they come back and he's like, oh, fucking finally. And just takes off. <laughs> like he was. I picture it as, um, I don't know if you'll get this. The Simpsons fans in our listenership will. But um, when Poochie goes back to his home planet and just got to just. 
Um, no, I was kind of waiting for them to come back. And then Mothman is standing there and, like, comes around to the side of the car and then kind of leans in like he's a police officer and is like, sir, I had something to tell you. <laughs> you kids been drinking? <laughs> So altogether, the Scarberries and Millettes claim that they spotted the creature at least five times that night. Uh, and when they got back into town, they went to the Mason County Courthouse and told their story to Sheriff George Johnson and Deputy Miller Halstead. Uh, city police investigated the area but found nothing. I like that they took it seriously enough that they went out and investigated it. I mean, I feel like they probably didn't have much else to do. In Point Pleasant? Nah. In 1966? Yeah. Hmm. The um, nation lo- <laughs> didn't have a lot to do in 1966. No. <laughs> uh, local media began reporting on the story the next day, starting with a headline in the November 16th issue of the Point Pleasant Register that read, Couple sees man-sized bird, dot, 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 creature, dot, 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 something. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not familiar with AP stylings. I, I don't think that's formatted correctly. Probably not. Are you are you thinking people in the Point Pleasant Register office have a copy of the AP style book? One would hope. I mean, this was an era when we were still taking journalism seriously, right? I mean, generally. Um, so, predictably, everybody in the town lost their goddamn minds. I bet uh, they the, did. <laughs> the following night, the TNT area was flooded with searchers. Police estimated there were nearly a thousand people trudging through the woods, usually with guns, because it's West Virginia in the 60s, um, all hunting for the mysterious creature. Sometimes I wish we had uh, waited until we were big enough to get the McElroys on as, like, guest birds. <laughs> I would love to hear the McElroys take on the Mothman. We have. I mean, we technically <laughs> have, but, like, the real, like, story, not, like, the Adventure Zone version of Mothman. Anyway. The Adventure Zone Mothman sounds hot. I'm not going to lie. I, I've got a little bit of a crush on the Adventure Zone Mothman. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There's our full <laughs> quote. <laughs> so over the next week, at least 10 people reported similar sightings of the creature, including two volunteer firefighters uh, and four teenagers who claimed they saw a large bird with red eyes fly away from their car, uh, which either means the teenagers couldn't think up an original story or Mothman just really fucking loves chasing cars, you guys. Maybe. He is part dog. As far as uh, proposed explanations for the Mothman go, not the dumbest. (laughs) No, I can't imagine it is. (laughs) So all gave essentially the same description. Um, The creature, usually gray or brown, was bipedal and roughly humanoid in shape. Uh, Though it was wider than an average man, it stood anywhere from five to seven feet tall with no obvious head or neck. So... Like, its head was attached directly to its shoulders. So, like, a feathery Uncle Vernon? Pretty much. Okay. Or, like, I always picture that. Was that, like, Looney Tunes? There was that big, hairy monster that just kind of had, like, eyes at the top of its head. And oh, then yeah. it was, like, one yeah. shape. I picture that. Except with, like, legs I don't know. For, s- for some reason, I pictured Michael Chiklis wearing, like, angel wings. But <laughs> not the point. Uh, its eyes glowing red were set near it set near to its shoulders, uh, and it had bat-like wings, and witnesses typically specified that it glided rather than flapped. Bat-like and wings. That, yeah. Not furry wings. No, bat-like. Mm. Like bats. Mm-hmm. Um, it could ascend straight into the sky, <laughs> which That's isn't my favorite at all part. how flying works. It just kind of took off like Superman? Yeah. Because sure. physics? No. It's a moth uh, man. Wow. I mean, moth it doesn't man. apply. 
Uh, when flying, the creature emitted a humming noise and could only communicate by screeching loudly, a sound one witness described as a woman screaming. Yeah. So basically the sound that's in my head constantly. <laughs> the press dubbed the creature the Mothman, as we've been calling it for three pages. <laughs> Metaphorical <laughs> so later, three pages. Later, a building contractor named Newell Partridge, who lived in Salem, again, like 90 miles from Point Pleasant, <laughs> uh, he would later come forward to say he'd actually encountered the Mothman on November uh, 15th, the same night as the original Scarberry Millette sighting. Sure, Jan. Yeah, that's that's what I think about Newell. But uh, in Newell's defense, pretty cool. No, not a cool twist. I'm just going to tell it. Uh, so around 10.30 that evening, he said he was watching television when the screen suddenly went black and a weird pattern filled the screen, mm-hmm. accompanied by a loud noise outside that <laughs> sounded to him like a generator winding up. Uh, when his dog began to howl, he went outside to see what was going on and found his German Shepherd bandit facing the hay barn behind his house. He shined a flashlight toward the barn and saw two large red circles that glowed like bicycle reflectors. And as his dog shot off toward the creature, Newell ran inside for his gun. Uh, except he never actually got up the courage to go back outside. Uh, so he just kept his gun propped up by his bed as he slept. Yeah. Cool story, Newell. Um, a few days later, he read about the Mothman sightings in Point Pleasant, including a statement from Roger Scarberry that said they spotted the body of a large dog lying beside the road. Aww. I know. I don't like that part. This is why I said not actually a cool story. Um, he immediately made the connection to his own strange experience and to his dog bandit, who had never reappeared. Oh, no. So, Mothman is part dog, or Mothman eats dogs. Mothman rules the and- world. <laughs> carries <laughs> you know that famous laura jern quote that i even fucked up wasn't that jeff goldblum uh no it's, no he starts it and it's been a long time since i've seen yeah, Jurassic yeah, Park, you guys. man woman inherits the earth and yeah. then sam neil like takes his sunglasses off and looks at her <laughs> i've seen jurassic park a few times uh so ralph thomas and his family um they live near the tnt plant and they also reported seeing a funny red light in the sky that moved and hovered over the area yeah uh, the light was also observed by Marcella Bennett, a friend of the family, who arrived at the house just a few minutes after they had seen this light, I guess. Um, as she got out of the car with her baby, she saw a figure rise up slowly from the ground, describing it as, quote, a big gray thing, bigger than a man, with red glowing eyes. She should write fiction novels. Marcella was so frightened that she dropped her baby. Oh. Uh, she quickly recovered, picked up her kid, and ran to the house. This fucking lady. <laughs> After locking themselves inside, Marcella and the Thomas family watched in terror as the creature stalked onto their porch and beered into the windows. And then they stopped uh, talking to Marcella because she dropped her fucking dropped baby. Dropped her goddamn baby. No maternal instincts. <laughs> uh, by the time the cops had arrived, the Mothman had vanished. <laughs> Uh, so between November 66 and December 1967, there were over, allegedly, asterisk, 100 reported sightings of the Mothman, or at least there were, if you believe John Keel, because as far as he can tell, he is the only source for this number. I am just going to assume that every statement you make is followed by comma, allegedly. Allegedly, especially this part. Um, so even the cryptid wiki, there is a cryptid wiki. Of course. It describes these reports as unidentifiable and admits that the true number of sightings is much lower. Uh, the cryptid wiki. <laughs> oh, no, I've been there before. <laughs> so a bit about John Keel. Um, he, as much as I would love to wish this weren't 
I, as much as I wish this weren't true, you can't talk about the Mothman without talking about John Keel. It's... Are we going to have another David Pollard situation on our hands? No, because no, I'm just going to gloss over this real fast. Okay. And also, John Keel is dead now, I think. So So it is okay to talk ill of him. Sure. Okay. Uh, so he was a journalist and author as well as an ufologist. Uh, and he is most famous for penning the Mothman Prophecies, which he wrote in 1975. I wonder if that's available at the library. Uh, John Keel, if you asked them, if you asked him, believed in a lot of crazy nonsense, including but not limited to the idea that aliens were not extraterrestrial in origin, but some kind of elder gods of old, which manifested in the forms of aliens, UFOs, monsters, demons, angels, ghosts, etc., etc., etc. Okay. <laughs> One of my sources described Keel as controversial, which should tell you everything about the kind of sources I had to read for this podcast. I mean, it's not wrong. Uh, so he arrived in Point Pleasant in December 1966, a month after the initial sightings, and immediately began collecting reports about Mothman, as well as stories of UFOs, poltergeists, and other weird electrical phenomena. What kind of phenomena? There is so much nonsense tied up in these stories. Like, there's strange men in black, there are government conspiracies, there's a whole that whole thing with a guy called Injured Cole. I like that we're just glossing over all of the shit that Emily would be like, mm, yes. We literally can't get into it because we only have like an hour and it's all cuckoo banana pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's just balls to the wall insane. It's fine. I will talk about it <laughs> on my episode about high strangeness, which I there think you might be my Mothman. <laughs> that probably, yeah, you can do it and I'll just sit there being angry the whole time. <laughs> I'm not mad about Mothman. I want that to be clear. <laughs> Uh, Keel was convinced that all this activity was connected, which, good for him, uh, because there's little documentation for any of it besides his book. Would you say he has boxes of mods? I'm just boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so only about a half a dozen sightings were actually reported in the local press, um, but it's the work of Keel and another writer called Gray Barker that popularized the Mothman legend and transformed it into like just the weird monster sightings to some otherworldly omen of death sort of story. Ray Barker sounds like he directs B-list horror movies. And he might have. It was the 70s. I don't know. Um, again, we're not going to get into it, but if you're really interested in learning more about Keel and Barker, I would highly recommend an article Ed Grabanowski wrote for Gizmodo called Mothman, colon, an expose. <laughs> it's really good. Go read it. Mothman Mania finally faded away after the collapse of the Silver Bridge, which was an I-bar chain suspension bridge sp that spanned the Ohio River and connected Point Pleasant in the neighboring town of Galpolis, Ohio. Uh, is that how it's pronounced? It is. I looked up a video and then wrote it in my notes so I would remember. I feel like, uh, no, they just talked about it on my favorite murder. You are right. <laughs> Uh, so on December 15, 1967, the bridge collapsed under the weight of rush hour traffic, killing 46 people. Um, investigation of the collapse determined that the cause was the failure of a single eye bar in the suspension chain. I, I don't know what that means. A piece it of was like one little bit that, yeah. Yeah, a piece of metal that held shit together had a little crack in it. Yeah, and it's like in bridges like that, like one little piece fails and it's like a chain. I don't know. Yeah, suspension bridges are bananas. Yeah. Um, the bridge is also carrying heavier, heavier loads than it was originally intended for, and it had been poorly maintained since its construction in 1928. Yeah. Um, while there were some reports that residents witnessed the Mothman just before the tragedy, uh, there were no further sightings of Mothman in Point Pleasant after the collapse. 
Um, and this is what some point to as evidence that the Mothman was some sort of omen or omen or supernatural harbinger, like something like trying to warn people about the bridge. Like America's answer to the banshee. Yeah. Oh. Uh, there have been a few scattered reports of Mothman in the years since the bridge collapse. Um, typically around the site of disasters like 1986 Chernobyl meltdown, um, the 2011 nuclear disaster in Fukushima, Japan, and also the 2007 collapse of the 35W bridge in Minneapolis. I did oh. not see Mothman. I'm sorry. Where was Mothman for 9-11? Did Mothman cause 9-11? I think, actually, I'm pretty sure if you Google, like, Mothman 9-11, there are, like, there are pictures of, like, the day of 9-11, and, like, there's a shape in the sky that people Googling, say is Mothman. Googling. Go ahead, Google. It's very convincing. That was me being sarcastic, in case you couldn't tell. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's right. Also, it's a goose. Um, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but it's a fucking goose. Uh, so these sightings are only ever reported after the tragedy takes place. So if Mothman is some sort of supernatural omen, and it, it pains me to say this because I truly love and admire Mothman, he's not doing a very good job. I mean, he's, he's doing his best. He's kind of Forrest Gumping his way through national disasters. And, uh, I feel like we need to give him some credit for that. I mean, he, he is trying. All right, so if he isn't some sort of extra-dimensional alien trying to warn the town of imminent tragedy, uh, what was what the fuck was the Mothman? A really big bird. Shh. Uh, so we're going to do this by thinking sideways rules, where I start with like the theories that I think are the stupidest, and then go to the one that's probably right. Okay. Uh, first one, a thunderbird. Sure. Mothman is said to resemble another cryptid, a thunderbird, which is a large bird-like animal which has been described as having gray bodies and red heads. Close, I guess. The thing, the problem I have with this is, like, it doesn't explain it to just point to another thing that isn't technically explainable. Yeah, I mean, thunderbird... I take no issue with thunderbird mythology. I just, like, don't... That doesn't count. They're You're all, not explaining they're anything. They're all just really big birds. Yeah. Uh, so thunderbirds appear in Native American mythology, and pioneers reported similar stories as they moved west. Um, there were allegedly sightings in the same area of West Virginia around the same time as Mothman, <laughs> I guess. Actually, I should have done this in a different order, because the other one is some believe Mothman is a product of a blood curse <laughs> placed upon the town by the legendary Chief Cornstalk, who was murdered nearby and buried in Point Pleasant. Well, that's a lot to take in, Sarah. Yeah. Um <laughs> His curse, um, it's kind of like a local legend. I can't, again, I can't get into it. Like, you could go, there are plenty of white text on black background websites where you can read about the Chief Cornstalk's curse. Um, but generally, it's been blamed for mining disasters, tornadoes, train derailments, airplane crashes, and of course, the Silver Bridge collapse. Well, that's your problem. You're going to white text, black background when you need to be going to green text, gray background. <laughs> Say, there's only the one kind of website that talks about the cheap corn stock search, Emily. And it's people who have never studied web design. <laughs> um, so what was never explained to me was how this relates to Mothman at all, besides that they're both tangentially connected to the same tragedy. <laughs> but it's a thing. Um, so our next one is a prank or a hoax. Yeah. So apparently there's a popular legend in, Point, in the Point Pleasant area that the Mothman was... Literally just some guy hanging around the TNT area and jumping out in front of parked cars, <laughs> which would be hilarious. You know, on a, I think that that sounds right. 
<laughs> I mean, it's a pretty huge leap from asshole in a bird costume to seven foot high creature that could fly and chase cars. Um, I mean, the mind sees what it wants to see. I, yeah. Um, there were apparently some Mothman hoaxes, including, this is just a fun story I like to include, an incident where some construction workers made helium balloons out of sheet plastic and then tied red flashlights to them. But the flashlights weighted the balloons down so they didn't really fly. Oh, god damn it. We're letting people but, construct uh, things who did this? <laughs> a, a for effort? I don't know. Eh. Uh, so nearly all the contemporary artic- news articles at the time operated on the assumption that Mothman was probably some sort of misidentified bird. Aren't they all? As we've been saying. Um, almost immediately after the first sighting, S- Sheriff George Johnson, um, who took the report of the Scarberry Mallette sighting, guessed that it was probably a large heron. Um, and a Dr. Robert L. Smith, who was an associate professor of biology at West Virginia University, dismissed the sightings of that as of that of a sandhill crane. Do tell. So, <laughs> sandhill cranes stand nearly four feet high, and they have red markings around the eyes. So, you can kind of see it, except the sandhill crane isn't actually native to West Virginia. Um, the professor did flip the idea that, like, it was a crane, maybe, but it was, like, off its typical migratory path, which... I, mean, I don't know much about burbs, but um, I'm I'm googling them, and it seems unlikely. However, they are so fucking cute when they're little. They're pretty. Cute. All burbs are cute when they're little. <laughs> and it's it's not a completely off the wall theory, but it doesn't really match the creature in the original sightings. Like for one, it's got a neck. It's got a very distinct neck. I, it might have had its uh, head tucked close to its chest, which like birds sometimes tend to do. I mean, that's also possible, yeah. Um, it does leave room for the possibility that Mothman was a mutant bird. I, yeah. Um, so remember when I said the TNT area was later declared a super fun site? Yes. There are theories that maybe Mothman was a crane or a heron, but it had mutated by it, would, it had been mutated by all the chemicals dumped in the area. Um, except that's not how mutations work. This isn't Mark Ruffalo, animals don't just get bigger and stronger when you expose them to dangerous chemicals. Um, it's more likely that they give birth to offspring with deformities who then get sick and die. Yeah, so, mutation, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it's real hit or miss. Yeah. Which is why it was probably a big fucking owl. Yeah, we're going to get to that right now. <laughs> so the most logical theory I have seen is that the Mothman was actually just a very large barred owl. And this is what the Audubon Society thinks, and you should know that those bird nerds know what's up. (laughs) Bird nerd. Uh, Bird nerds. Um, So this has been floated by Joe Nickel. He is an author and investigator with the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry. And I know he sounds like a total buzzkill, but hear me out. No, 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 no. I know this name. Yeah. I know this name, and I feel like I hate him for something. But tell your story, and I will remember what it is. Uh, So the Mothman shape, as originally reported, is very owl-like, with a head and body that sort of blend together, unlike a crane, again, which got a big old neck. Um, Nichols' original theory was that it could be a barn owl, because they tend to roost in abandoned places, and they're also just kind of inherently creepy. Like, an owl at night with, like, those big dead owl eyes. Like, I can see it. Yeah. Um, he ruled them out after reading Linda Scarberry's description of the Mothman's huge red eyes. Um, she had specified that they didn't glow until they were illuminated by the car's headlights. And to Nickel, this sounded like eye shine, which is a feature of some nocturnal animals like cats that causes their eyes to reflect light. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, it does occur in owls, but in barn owls, it's kind of weak. So it probably wouldn't account for the glowing red eyes, which is kind of an important Mothman trademark. Well, like I said, people see what they want to see. So in this case, if the eyes were shining slightly, they these scared teens brains might have amplified it too it had fucking giant red eyes for sure um there's a better candidate though oh um the barred owl different from a barn owl Uh, what i was very confused by this for a moment if he's a is a bard like aracocra bard yeah literally like it's a D &D joke bard b-a-r-r-e-d that took me too long to get and i don't appreciate you um fooling me with jokes (laughs) Yes, I am quite the trickster with the puns. Uh, So the barred owl is a large species with a rounded head and huge black eyes, and they have a very dramatic red eye shine uh, due to the amount of blood vessels around their eyes, I guess. Did you know Uh, that you can see through to an like the back of an owl's eyes through its ear? That wouldn't surprise me. It's terrifying. I don't want to know that. Thank you, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so the former TNT area, uh, now the McClintic Wildlife Management Area, and literally a bird sanctuary, has a very healthy population of barred owls. There's definitely someone screaming into their phone right now trying to tell me that people know what a fucking owl looks like, idiot. They don't. And I get it. I get it, okay? But please calm down, sir. You're making a scene. Uh, and to be fair, barred owls not particularly huge. They are usually less than two feet tall. Um, Even with their wingspan, which is like four to five feet, I think. Um, it's hard to see how they could be mistaken for, like, a seven-foot-tall monster. Oh, yeah. But this is where we get into my favorite explanation for just about everything, which is your brain is stupid and it's constantly trying to trick you. Uh, speaking of stupid, I don't like Joel Nickel because Joe Nickel because of uh, his work with the Einfeld poltergeist. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I can see why that would yeah. uh, ruffle some feathers, so to speak. Wow. <laughs> Um, so in a 2010 episode of Monster Quest, Nichols drove volunteers down a dark road lined with plywood mothmen, complete with bike reflectors for eyes. And I want to know where he put these because they need to be my new Halloween decorations. Anyway. We can make you one. <laughs> he asked them to guess the height. No one ever got it right. So it's very easy to misjudge the size of something you're seeing at night because you don't have a good reference for things like height and distance. And frightened people also have a tendency to fixate on the object of their fear, so they kind of remember it being larger than it was in reality. I can't like even you said, tell how tall people are when I'm not scared. Like, I no. have no concept of height. Like, if you asked me to measure the length of my dining room table right now, I would have no idea what to tell you. And like, what are you, 5'5"? Five, five? Something like that, yeah. Oh, never mind. Well... Oh, was that not a serious question? I, I'm 5'5". Five, five, it was. Betty. I was trying to prove a point. Yeah. So there's never been any physical or photographic evidence of Bachman. So what we do know comes from eyewitness accounts. And eyewitness accounts are notoriously unreliable. I said, said a millions say over of and wrong- over and over and over again. And I'm sure <laughs> there are millions of wrongfully incarcerated people who would agree with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Read about it. <laughs> Watch your forensic <laughs> files about it. Yeah. Uh, so your brain fills in blanks. It revises the memory after hearing new information. Like Newell Partridge, this guy who lost his dog, allegedly, uh, to the Mothman. He, his wasn't an independent account. Like He didn't come forward and it happened to match up. It was something he came forward with after he had read about the story in the paper. Yeah. Um, so it's really, I have a hard time believing he would have jumped to the idea that it was a, a mysterious monster ate his dog if he hadn't heard all the other stories. 
Um, and it's also not hard to believe that with all the news coverage surrounding the first few sightings, people would think that they were seeing Mothman anytime they encountered anything at night that they couldn't immediately identify. Yeah. You're, yeah. It's like your brain jumps to conclusions. If you think you're seeing Mothman, you're going to see Mothman. That's a good attitude to go into it with. I mean, I mean I'm trying really hard. <laughs> I would love to have a Mothman sighting. That's why I'm um, worried that we're going to go on our road trip and I am going to wake <laughs> up in Point Pleasant. And you're going to be on well, the side of the road with fucking binoculars. He's left Point Pleasant, though. He's not there anymore, allegedly. Are you going to go tragedy <laughs> chasing now? I guess. So I'm sure some people absolutely believe that they had sighted something supernatural. And I'm equally as sure people made up fantastical stories to just be in on the fun as well. Yeah. Uh, it's also not surprising to me then that it all died down after the Silver Bridge collapse. Because it wasn't after tragedy, funny anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's just there's no one's going to run around with monster nonsense anymore. The entire town is mourning for the 46 people who died. Like, no, no more Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> so in conclusion, Mothman's probably just burb. He's such a good burb, though. He's chasing cars and flying around West Virginia like a maniac. I love I, the Mothman, I have to you guys. Ask, why Mothman? Why do you love Mothman so much? Because it's so stupid, Emily. Well, it's not like, <laughs> like you get lizard man and you get like dog men and like those you get, but it's Mothman. Like there's just, there's nothing quite like that description. Fair enough. It's a big, tall creature with wings with glowing red eyes. And the first thing they went to was moth. Yeah. Because why not? Do you think they like workshopped other names for it? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, Birdman. I think, yeah, it was called like Bird Dash Man. A couple of <laughs> Bird in a Dash couple Man. Of the punctuation dash. I thought Michael it's Keaton important. was really good in that. <laughs> it's it's like Spider Man. The dash is important. I like it when you say Mothman, like it's a last name. The Mothman. Mothman. <laughs> Her- George E. Mothman and so Yeah, Harold Mothman. <laughs> Mothman. He's an insurance salesman. <laughs> Car insurance. Look, if I could change my last name to anything. Uh, so I, I kind of just assume that you're not actually going to get married, but at some point you will have a ceremony where you, where le- marry the where you legally change your last name to like Mothman. <laughs> I would do it. Sure. <laughs> as long as I get to register for shit. Yeah, I could buy you a blender for legally changing <laughs> your name to Sarah Mothman. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, what, what, Someday. what's your middle initial? A. Sarah A. Mothman. <laughs> it's perfect. It actually sounds pretty good, doesn't I it? I think you have to legally become a treasure hunter with a name like that. I mean, yeah. That sounds like a lot of work, though. I'd have to leave the house. Yeah. Uh. Um, I guess that's a good uh, segue. Uh, are we finished with Mothman? We're finished okay. with Mothman. Um, so, Sarah, you will be leaving the house. I am. I actually do once in a while. Um, like once a year. I, yeah, about that. So about the time this comes out, I will be one week from my um, fun Budapest vacation. Uh, so please follow us on the Afternoon of Fine Instagram if you want to see Instagram stories from my vacation. Yeah, and then... I don't know what I'm doing yet. I don't have plans. Oh, good. There's like some tunnels beneath the city. There's some castles. Uh, I, there's some bars and abandoned buildings. What do they have for food? Like what's... Where's Budapest? It's in the um, Ukraine, right? Hungary. Hungary. Eastern Europe. Um, a lot of... They have this one dish. I forget what it's called, 
but it's basically like a potato pancake. A latka? And sort of, but it's topped with sour cream uh-huh. and grated cheese. Oh, shit. Well, there you go. And that's that's it. Yeah, so I'll probably have six of those <laughs> and then die. Um, Let's see. This is coming out a week before you leave for vacation? Yep, so you are also going on vacation. Yeah, about two and a half weeks or something like that. Um, I will be going to New Orleans and um, touring a Civil War battleground and going on a cemetery tour. So there's going to be lots of fun pictures. Oh, yes. Uh, Lots of, I mean, Uh, I was looking through our Instagram. We post a lot of corpses. Well, I'm not going to improve on that. Um. (laughs) I think that's kind of our wheelhouse. I think I am gonna go to the Museum of Death, uh, but you aren't allowed to take pictures in there. Reasonable. There's also a bar that's supposed to be super weird that you aren't allowed to take your phone out in because I don't know. It's called the Dungeon. Why? Mm, mm-hmm. Don't like that. Well, apparently, uh, the Penis Gallery was uh, doing his job driving someone around and was asking for recommendations because this person was from New Orleans. And then he mentioned that I am into, like, creepy shit in the Museum of Death. And he's like, oh, you need to go here. Oh, boy. So I, I might die in New Orleans. I don't know. I Well, I will at least you'll die on vacation. I will take lots of pictures of Nicolas Cage's uh, cemetery plot. Oh, yeah. And also his old house. Yeah, the murder house that he used to own but got repossessed. <laughs> You're not allowed inside that either. No, I think it's like privately owned by It is. They someone. didn't even let them shoot American Horror Story in there. That's disappointing. Isn't it? Um, but yeah, I will take an appropriate amount of pictures. Um, I definitely know what we're doing. I have a spreadsheet. I mean, I have a spreadsheet. I just don't know like what I'm actually going to... Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I am very laissez-faire when it comes to vacations. What? Uh language do they speak down there uh hungarian and i've told you're never gonna learn it so don't try you have that app where you can like translate signs and shit right yeah but also it's like europe and it's a major city and everything's in english anyway so i mean i got through belgium i mean i've just i've seen hostel a couple times and (laughs) eastern europe is a little sketch you know no it's not that's mean um you guys are great um especially because we're what 970 on the Slovakian yeah. Hell iTunes yeah. charts. We're famous in Slovakia. And we're more famous in Costa Rica. I mean, yeah, I don't want to brag, but... but we're doing better than a McElroy podcast over there. So <laughs> anyway, that's a weird brag. Um, so follow us on Instagram so you can see our cool vacations. That's at Afternoonified. We are also on Twitter at Afternoonified. Uh, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Get Afternoonified. Or www.getafternoonified.com, where, where you can listen to past episodes, you can buy merch. Um, I think a hashtag burbnerd, burbnerd, burbnerd uh, shirt would be a delight. I was going to, oh, what was I just, uh, I'm not even going to try and say it. I don't know what my idea was. I forgot it. <laughs> That's going to be great to keep in the podcast. No, cut it out. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you can do all that on our, uh, website. Um, remember to rate, review, you can say whatever you want to say as long as it's five stars. And thank you to the people who have been rating us five stars. Yeah, you're the actual best. Um, We are no longer a 3.0, we're like a 3.5 now, because a couple of you were nice, and also we changed the name of the missing 411. Good news, (laughs) it was the Bigfoot people's fault. (laughs) 
here I was thinking we just sucked really hard. <laughs> I told you from the beginning it was the missing 411 people. Yeah, that was a problem. Um, let's see. Yeah. Any other announcements? If you have ideas for minisodes, please send them in. Or else I'm just going to keep reading you stories. And I'm just going to keep telling you about weird stuff I found on the internet. That's actually the entire podcast. I mean, true. We could have called it weird stuff we found on the internet. That's a lot of letters. It's probably what we're going to have to use after that board game shop in Australia sues us. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, goodbye. Goodbye. We love you. And also the Mothman. (laughs) 